Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Oh, can I get a witness? Yeah, hallelujah. Can I get a witness, I tell you? Can I get a witness or two? Yeah. We serve an awesome God. And he's worthy to be praised. I find worship interesting because sometimes we don't have the spirit of worship. And the word of God says that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not about how we feel our aches and pains, but it's about what God has done and what God is doing for us. And we will be shocked at the results when we begin to worship God. Because as long as we depend on ourselves, we will never be happy. And as long as we depend on human beings to sustain us, we will be miserable. There's a person who cares about every, 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 every corner of our lives, and that is our Lord. So when I come into worship, I'm humble because I know that God has kept me alive. And I know that I'm here because God is a faithful God. So forgive me if sometimes I appear that I rather keep going over and over and over again. But sometimes when you've been beat up all week, you just wait to get here so that you can raise your hand and say, God, I thank you that I made it. I thank you, God, that the poison that was set off for me didn't kill me. I thank you, God. So I love the Lord with our whole heart. And I worship him in spirit and in truth. Praise is about you. Praise is about you. Praise is about you. Worship is about God. So I'm going to ask anyone with two legs that are working that you would just stand up a second and give God praise, honor, and glory. Come on, give him praise. Give him honor. And give him glory, because he is worthy to be praised. Thank you, God. I thank you, God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Mm, the rocks will cry out if we don't have the time. Thank you, God. Nobody like you, God. Nobody like you, God. Mm, nobody like you, God. On yesterday, we experienced a miracle. Let me say that again. On yesterday, we experienced another miracle. And that is that we had our family fun day. And it has been rated as the best event or the top three we've ever had. And I was asking people, Don, what, what was so exciting about yesterday? And 
they said it was the spirit of fellowship. It was the good food. It was the music and the entertainment. It was the singing and the dancing, and it was the smiles. And I didn't get a complaint all day about anything. And it was 88 degrees without a breeze. But I couldn't handle that, Pastor Bill. So when people said they were hot, I said, there's a fan right over there. God blessed us. And yesterday we celebrated our new disciple orientation manual. And I really want us to give God praise for Deacon Ophelia. Marcus Taylor. Praise God for her stewardship. And praise God again for her dedication. Praise God for giving us the evidence of how to draw closer to God. And I praise God for Pastor Joseph who allowed me to keep mentioning that we need to copyright this material because I've been giving it away. We've had people join our church to say, I have, I have been a part of huge mega churches and all kinds of churches, but I have never had a disciple orientation so that we can all be on the same page. And I'm taking time to say that because our church is diverse and I'm happy about that. And all of us don't believe the same thing necessarily. So we decided, Bishop, to write down what we believe and where it is in the Bible. So we praise God for Deacon Ophelia, and we praise God for her obedience. I praise God for all of the volunteers. I praise God for the cleanup crew. I praise God just for everything. It was just an awesome day. I didn't get my face painting, but I hope to do that next time. I praise God for our health and wellness ministry. And uh, they mentioned to me that May is Mental Health Month. And Reverend Paula sent a document to the church uh, with some scriptures to refer to. And I will not read through those scriptures. I did make hard copies of this, some, in case you don't have access to a computer. But in essence, it says that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And... We're featuring content to provide you with an additional support on your mental health journey. It is not a myth, but it is the truth that in many communities, we do not focus or acknowledge mental health, the need for mental health. And especially in the African-American community, we just say Bubba's different. Jojo had a problem, but we need to understand that the brain is a component of the body, and it does not always work properly. And so what I'm saying is that all of us have issues, and what's important is that we take time to understand what our issues are. And we don't have to live like that, because that's not God's desire, amen? So stop saying they're just different. Help people realize that all of us have stuff. And we need to deal with our own stuff. And we need to stop trying to pass it off as if it's normal. But some of us have been depressed all of our lives. 
Some folks have been filled with anxiety all of their lives. Some people have never experienced the power of love in their earthly lives. So what we're saying is that get in touch with where you are and who you are. Anger is a real issue that blocks healing. Because if you're angry, then you are not releasing so that you might be healed. So, May, I'm asking you to pray and ask God to show you your mental health status. And ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to do. And many of us have people around us who love us enough to tell us that we messed up. And we need to do something about it. So I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you. According to the well, World Health Organization, mental health is a state of being well in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities can cope with the normal stresses of life. You got that one? <laughs> can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. That is no small task. This definition, while representing a substantial progress with respect to moving away from the conceptualization of mental health as a state of absence of mental illness, it raises several concerns and lends itself to potential misunderstandings when it identifies positive feelings and positive functioning as key factors for mental health. A decision I made as a pastor is that I want to remain in my pastoral role. So I don't do counseling because they're two different conversations. And I want to be certain that I can always honor my spiritual role in the lives of my people. And sometimes other stuff gets in the way. So I am happy that God gave me that clarity as a pastor and a shepherd. There's some things that I don't want to know. There's some things that you don't want me to know. And what's important is that we understand God gives us access to the skills and to the professionals we need so that we can live a life that God wants us to live. In fact, regarding well-being as a key aspect of mental health, it's difficult to reconcile with the many challenges, life situations in which well-being may even be unhealthy. COVID presented new challenges. COVID has left some of us with mental scars. Our teens and young people are considering suicide because of what they've been through the past two years. And I praise God for our youth director who has taken the initiative to provide resources to give our young people and families and parents access to these professionals who can help. So if you want that information, just send Monica a note and she will get it to you. But it's a good thing to know that our church is taking the time to provide resources for those who need it. And our resources are not just for the teens, but we have a grief um, connection group now because grief is a part of life and most of us don't understand that mourning is for a season but grief is forever and anyone that we have ever loved and cared about 
we will always grieve the absence. So don't fool yourself that you have to be so grown up that you never cry. Don't say to yourself that I, I'm so spiritually mature that I can't say that I miss Grandma Lee. Oh, yes, I do. And we have conversation every day. So what I'm saying, good mental health allows you to know that it's all right to cry. Now, if you cry all day and all night and you never do anything but cry, then that's a sign that you need therapy. But it's okay to cry. On Father's Day, I cried. I missed my father. I thought about all the fun things that he did in my life and how he used to make me work. And I cried because I missed him. And I'm glad that he gave me what he gave me because my work ethic truly comes from my father making me work. So I'm encouraging all of us, do your own assessment and ask God to show you where you are. Concepts used in several papers on mental health include both key aspects of the World Health Organization definition, positive emotions, and positive functioning identifies three components of mental health. Number one is emotional well-being. Number two is psychological well-being. And number three is social well-being. And I'm asking that this month that you read the document and share with others who might be depressed or having some issues with mental health. May God bless you as you consider that advice. Today, I would like to direct you to 2 Kings. And in 2 Kings chapter number 19, which has already been read, I want to focus on verse 15. And the word of God says, let me go back to 14. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers. And he read it, Deacon Keith. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord. Follow this now. He received a letter. It was a threatening letter from the hand of the king. And the messengers read it to him. And his initial reaction was to go up into the house of the Lord. One of the things that we don't do well is bring our issues before the Lord. And before we call anyone else, we need to understand the power of going to the presence of God. You see, everyone around us is not necessarily good for us when we receive bad news. And sometimes we go to people that we're close to who are not grounded spiritually, and they're telling us things from the flesh, and this is really a spiritual matter. So Hezekiah had the presence of mind to go up to the temple. He said, I'm going to go to the Lord. And I'm going to give the Lord this letter that I have received. You ever received bad news? You ever received some news and you go, oh, my God, it's threatening. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, go up to the temple of God. And, and Hezekiah laid the letter before the Lord. And I concluded, after studying this text and reading it over and over again, I am going to bring every, every, every situation into the temple of the Lord and lay it in the presence of the Lord. What he teaches us is through prayer, we can have access to God. So I don't understand why people don't want to pray. 
Because when we have access to God, we get godly wisdom. When we have access to God, we know God's plan for us. And when we have access to God, we do not get kidnapped by the enemy. So you got to be careful of what you do with your bad news. But Hezekiah says, went up into the house of the Lord, and he spread it before the Lord. And then in verse 15, Anthony, it says that, and Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. We have corporate prayer today at 1 o'clock for our church. And I'm praying that people will show up and realize they need to bring their letters before the Lord. And that we get together for prayer. Prayer changes everything. Prayer changes the atmosphere. Prayer changes our attitude. Prayer changes our households. Prayer will change your spouse. Prayer will change your children. Prayer will keep you safe from the enemy. And in prayer, God will give you access to wisdom so that you'll know what you need to do. Hmm. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord, and he said, Oh, Lord God of Israel which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the God, and even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. I read that and I said, how many of us can quote scripture and describe God from a biblical basis? How many of us know enough about God that we can say that not only are you the God of Israel, but I know where you dwell and I know where you are and I know what you have done, O God. Therefore, I'm coming to you with confidence, confidence that you will hear my prayer. Are you confident? Are you confident that God is hearing your prayers? Because the world will tell us that our prayers are all about us. Our prayers ought to be about God exposing us to access to the will of God in our lives. God is not to be treated as a sugar daddy. I keep saying that over and over again. What you want, God is not concerned about. God wants you to get where God wants you to be. God wants you to be the spiritual being that you were created to be. God is not concerned about your designer shoes, your haircut, your nails. God is concerned about your heart. And what have you done for the kingdom? And we spend hours on our gel for our nails and our pedicure and manicure. We spend hours trimming our hair to be certain that we look cute for whoever it is. We spend hours cooking food that's really not that good. We spend hours complaining about what we don't have. We, we spend hours looking at movies with no point at all and no revelation from God. We spend hours on Facebook and we spend hours on networks and we spend hours telling others about what's going on. We spend hours on Twitter. We spend hours. I don't want Facebook. I want an encounter with God. I, I don't want to know who's on vacation. I don't want to know what you looked like yesterday. I don't want to see you in your swimsuit. I don't want to know what you did last night. I want to know if you know God. And I want to know if you know him well enough to call him by name. And I want to know that you know where God is directing you to go. 
So people get upset with me when they say that. You don't, you, your Facebook account, did you see who's on vacation? I don't want to know who's on vacation. I want to make sure that God is not on vacation. I have people to pray for. I have people dying who need prayer. I have people who are lonely committing suicide. I have people who haven't heard any good news for a long time. I have people who don't get any contact with human beings. And you want me to go to Facebook and look at you and how you look? If that's what you want to do with your time, it's fine. But don't be bothering me because I didn't see it. If you love me, you ought to call me to say, Pastor, what can I do to help? What can I do besides tweeting to people who don't respond? What can I do, oh Lord? So it's time for us to get this right, you know. I don't have any time for the Lord, but you wasting all this time. Do whatever you have to do. But don't judge me because I don't follow you. judge me because I don't value what you do. Don't judge me because I want to do what's right. Don't judge me. God is going to judge me and you too. And so what I'm saying is time for us to get our priorities in order. And it's time for us to do what God has called us to do. It's time for us to feed the hungry. It's time for us to shop for the baby house. It's time for us to give sacrificially. And it's time for us to be what God has called us to be. So that's why my sermon, I call this baby fight back with prayer. People mess with you, fight back with prayer. People don't respect you, fight back with prayer. People lie on you, fight back with prayer. People won't say amen, fight back with prayer. Oh, we serve an awesome God. And as the Baptist preacher would say, I won't be keeping you long. Hezekiah had an issue. He was threatened. He took his threat up to the temple, Betty. He laid it before the Lord. And then he waited for God to respond. I thought a key factor in this text is that Hezekiah turned. Did you get that? When you go and read it, Hezekiah turned to the Lord. And what that taught me is that there are times when we have to make a full turn to the Lord. And see, sometimes we've been in the same position, Candace, for so long. We haven't moved lately. But there is a time in our lives when you get threatened that you will turn to the Lord. Ever had a turn to the Lord? And Hezekiah turned to the Lord. But also God did something else interesting. God did not speak directly to Hezekiah. God sent the prophet to say, I have a message for you. And I know people think I make it up when I go to them and I say, I have heard from the Lord. They go, I don't think so. I go, okay. And so what I'm saying is that God will not always contact you directly. There are times when God will dispatch his servants to give you the message. Can I get a witness? There are times when God will send an angel 
to let you know that I haven't forgotten. God will send an angel to say, I know you in pain and agony. God will send an angel, Pastor Bill, to tell you that you've been a good servant and I love you and I have not left you alone. God sent a servant called Isaiah. And he said, I want you to go tell Hezekiah. <laughs> I have received your message. I have heard about your threat. But what the Lord told Isaiah to say to Hezekiah is, I got this. You don't have to fight this battle. I got this. And he said to Hezekiah to through Isaiah is that I'm going to turn this thing around. Have you ever had someone approach you and say, I've heard from the Lord about you. I saw you in a dream. Or I saw you and you were high and lifted up and you were over here and doing that. And they look at you like you've got to be crazy. That is not what I see. It's not about you. And you see what happens when we pray and we're spiritually grounded, we can discern a message from God. But if you don't pray and spend time with God, you cannot discern the presence of God. But when you spend time with God, you can say, that's it. When you spend time with God, you can say, hallelujah. When you spend time with God, you will hear your name. When you spend time with God, you will say, this is my connection. Because the enemy also sends messengers. You will never be anything. I don't care how hard you work. You're never going to have anything. So what we have to do is spend time with God in prayer to develop a relationship with God so that we might hear from God through whomever. Because God doesn't always show up the way you think. <laughs> Sometimes God will show up in a child that's six years old. Sometimes God shows up with an old woman and gives you all this wisdom. Sometimes God shows up in a preacher every now and then. Sometimes God shows up in your supervisor. God will show up anywhere, but God will give you the gift of discernment. And you won't be going through life making bad mistakes because you are not connected to the power of God. And what I have learned from all of this, three things. Take your threats to God. Take your threats to God. If you don't have any, call me. I got enough to share. Take your threats to God. Then what you need to do is pray, and you need to turn. If you're going to stay where you are and not do anything, leave God alone. If you're not serious, just don't bother about it. But if you want to get a change and hear from God, you need to turn in the direction and be obedient to the Spirit of God. One of the things, you know, I love these illustrations here. One of the things that I learned in psychology is that when you open it, that we all are born with a little suitcase. You can wear just a minute. We're all born with a little bag, a little suitcase, not a designer suitcase, just a suitcase. And they're already packed with your DNA, your crazy relatives, where you grew up. I mean, you were growing up in poverty, whatever you were birthed in, that's what's in that DNA. And you see, what happens is that if we only have the DNA at birth and it's a dysfunctional situation, we never grow until God wants us to be. 
But what I discovered is that all of us have a bag. We need to learn how to unpack our bags. It's like this dress. Why would I have this dress in this bag, which is too short for me to wear up here in the pulpit? So why do I have that dress? Why do I have a person here that has no value at all? Somebody gave it to me, and I'm looking for somebody, but it's taking up space in my bag. Why would I have shoes in my bag? I don't have any prayer life. I don't have any scriptures. I don't have a Bible. But I have shoes where the heels are so high I can no longer walk in them. They were too high when I bought them. And now, here they are again. Why do we have our bags packed with things that are immaterial, that have nothing to do with contributing to our lives, but when we pack our bags with the glory, God, look at that, aren't they cute? Size nine, anybody want a size nine? You got that. Why? I have that little jogging, why? All I want to do is help you to see is that every bag in here is packed with something. I don't know what's in your bag, but I know there's evidence of where you've been and what you've been through. And I'm saying, with God, you get a new bag. And what you get to do, Reverend, is empty out all that old stuff. And the Lord God Almighty will give you a new spirit. Will give you a new song. Will give you a praise that won't stop. Will give you a spirit of always saying, thank you, Lord. I, I love you for all that you have done. When you pack your bed with spiritual matters, you will be drawn to other people who are spiritual and love God. Then you will find yourself in the presence of the Lord. If you pack Jesus in your bag, then you can count on being healed in the name of Jesus. If you pack God's word in your bag, you can be guaranteed the inheritance that God has for you. And what I'm trying to get you to see is empty out the old stuff. And what you need to do is have a spiritual luggage with everything you need to do to get into glory. So I don't know what's in your bag. Hatred, get rid of it. If you're mad, get rid of it. If you're angry, empty it out. If you don't love your spouse, leave. If you don't love your children, give them away. If you don't like your job, get another one. But it's time for us to empty our old bag and fill it with the presence and power of God. So I'm not saying I know what's in your bag. I know what's in mine. And I unpack every day because you pick up things along the way. And what I have learned in life is that I have things in my bag that have nothing to do with me. I have things in my bag that's weight from other people. I have things in my bag that are unresolved. I have things in my bag that make me sad. I have things in my bag that are bad memories. I have things in my bag that keep me away from God. And therefore, I empty it intentionally because I know a God who's a healer. I know a God who will pick you up off the floor. I know a God who will do miracles in the operating room. I know a God that will work a miracle and tell the surgeon what to do and how to cut your eye and how to put it back together. I know a God who has never lost a case. And say, so on this day, I offer Jesus.
If you have a bag and Jesus is not in it, give it away. If you have a bag and there's no spiritual life, give it away. If you have a bag and there's no time for prayer and meditation, give it away. If you have a bag that's filled with bitter people, anger with life, give them away. If you have a bag that's not leading you closer to glory, what you need to do is empty it out today. You need to empty it in the name of Jesus. And you need to ask God to repack your bags. You need to ask God to repack your bag with what it is he wants you to have. And you will look new all over because we serve a God who is awesome and worthy to be praised. And that's why Paul said to Timothy, he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Oh, no. Fear doesn't come from God. Fear, that is not from God. If you're fearful, God can erase that from you. And he said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power. Power. Anybody in here have any power? You don't look like you got a lot of power. You got power? Anybody in here got power? Anybody in here got Holy Ghost power? Anybody in here know what it's like to be in the presence of the Lord? God does not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power and a sound mind. And if you don't have God, you will not have a sound mind. Because only God does that brain surgery. So today I offer you Jesus and a new bag that's free and it's designer. And you don't have to pay for it. Amen. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer in Jesus name I pray amen thank you for listening it is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God if you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519, or call us at 919-363-5198, or visit us on the web at 
www.ptc-carry.org. Thank you again.